Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Los Angeles, I have some great news. August 6th, we are doing a live show at 6 p.m. So that is Sunday, August 6th, two weeks from this weekend, which is crazy. It's coming up. Dom is the guest. We're going to have a couple other little surprise things happening. It's obviously Eras Weekend in LA. So we're going to be, we're going to be doing it all. It's going to be really fun. If y'all haven't been to a live show before, it's so much fun. It's very interactive with the audience. It feels like one big like hangout. And then we do a little pod recording. We do truth or drink. It's going to be like Eras themed plus like a bunch of other stuff. It's going to be so much fun. So hope to see y'all there. If you want me and great, get a VIP ticket. I'm very excited. It's two weeks from this Sunday. So get your tickets now. Love you guys. Oh, and if you are going and you're going alone, but you're like, don't want to go alone, you're scared. And that's what's intimidating you. Join our Geneva chat. We have a Los Angeles Geneva chat. And then from there, you'll be able to like make friends and meet up before and whatever. So anyways, love you guys. Hope to see you there. And let's get in to today's episode. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. I tell them I'm not like the rest of us. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Or if you are new here, hello. My name is Kinsey and I'm the host. So I hope you guys are having a very fabulous Thursday. That is when these podcast episodes release. Actually, fun fact, this show is like four and a half years old. I've never missed a Thursday ever. Not once, not for a holiday, not for anything. I've literally never missed a Thursday. So if you guys just need something, a little extra, I don't know, a little extra spark in your in your week, it's Thursdays. Actually, I'm very passionate. I won't go into this too much because I have a lot to say today, but I'm very passionate about Thursdays. And I actually think that I am more of a Thursday girl than I am even a weekend girl. We went over, I think last week or two weeks ago on the episode where I talk about, you know, the perfect weekly routine. And Thursday, there's a lot of buildup because you have so much to look forward to on the weekend. But the good part about Thursday is that you still don't really have to leave your house. So you have so much to look forward to the anticipation. Everyone's excited. The group chats are going like you have plans or you have plans to do nothing. And that's exciting. But you're not quite there yet. And you don't actually have to leave your house. So I kind of think that Thursday is even better because you can be cozy. You can be in bed reading your Kindle by 8 p.m. But you have so much to look forward to. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just think Thursday's the best. And also this podcast comes out on Thursdays. So that's also huge. I have some life updates for you guys. Quite a few. The first one, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet, but I cracked and I bought a pool, but like not a real pool. It's like a stock tank pool. My dad is the dad who's like constantly sending like Instagram reels to me. Like he's a reels dad. And they're always about like, you know, saving money or investing or, you know, if you instead of having this car, you could have, you know, $17 million at retirement, like that kind of thing. But he sent me this like stock tank pool and he isn't wanting me 
since I bought this house. He's been like, you can get a pool in your backyard. It can be small, blah, blah, blah. And he was the one who was like very adamant about it. And if you guys have ever been to Texas in like, I don't know, August, I'm sorry. Like I love Texas more than anything. Obviously, Kenzie the Texan on TikTok. Like I love Texas. I talk about Texas 24 seven. I have a Texas tattoo, right? Very passionate about the place. But I could really do without the summer. And that's honestly across the board. I'm just not a summer girl. I hate the heat. I actually love the outdoors. Like it's not that. It's that I actually just hate the heat. But it makes me miserable. I have a whole episode on like summertime sadness. And it makes me really, really, really upset. Like I'm very like down. I'm I'm down bad in August, right? And last year, you know, this is turning into an inspirational speech. Last year, I kept saying I'll never do another summer in Texas without a pool. Okay. And I said that so many times. Did I put a lot of action towards that? Not necessarily, not intentionally. I did buy a new house. Actually, I accidentally put all of my actions towards that because I bought a new house with the yard that didn't have a pool, but then I made more money. So I feel like I kind of did manifest it, but also like work for it at the same time. Anyways, he sent me this reel and it was like a stock tank pool in someone's yard. And then he got really into stock tanks and kept sending me photos. Basically, stock tank is like for cattle, I think, right? I just like assumed this entire time that it was stock tank, stockyard, cattle. Sure. I'm pretty sure that's what it's for. It's like a bath for cattle, I think. I'll, I'll circle back on that and give you guys confirmation. But people are using them. It is. Okay, guys, thumbs up. I was right. You know when you say something that you've just like taken as truth your whole life and then all of a sudden you're 25 and you're like, I think I'm lying to everyone. No worries. No lying was done here. So anyways, I decided that... I was going to do the pool because it's pretty, it's honestly very inexpensive. It's not like a couple hundred dollars, but it's not like installing an actual pool, which was my original plan. And that's just like a lot of work and something. And more importantly, a lot of money and it takes a long time. Like my neighbors just started putting in a pool and I'm already not really looking forward to all this. You know what I mean? Like it's just loud. It's a lot. I don't like a lot of people like working in my house 24 seven. Like, you know, we don't need that. And I don't need anything crazy. It's just me. And you know, my 20 friends and I invite over all the time. So basically it's just this big pool and I'm going to get it built. Like I'm going to get a hole made and I'm going to get it built into the ground. And then I'm going to have hopefully my brother-in-law do a deck around it. There's so many perks of having your brother-in-law be like a contractor. Like he can do anything. Okay. That man. And also I trust him. This is another part about being an adult that is really tough to realize that most contractors are the most unreliable people you've ever met in your entire life. And my brother-in-law is an angel of a human being. There's literally nothing wrong with him. Like we always talk about this, like what a score. And I trust him with my life so he can just do whatever. And it works out very well. Another side note, I really lucked out in the family like trade department because my dad now owns a med spa. If y'all are in Dallas, Germani Med Spa, say my name, you get money off. My brother-in-law is a contractor and like he just like is smart. He does a bunch of stuff. I say he's a contractor, but like, I don't even know if that's the right term. Okay. My sister does hair. My mom is an interior designer. My grandma is a seamstress. What else? I have an uncle who's a lawyer. My stepmom is a doctor. Like I've really looked at, oh, my stepsister, is like an insurance. Like I've really lucked out in that department and there's really someone for everything, you know? So anyways, that is happening. And get this, back to my manifestation. Remember when I told you guys I'm not going to do another summer in Texas without a pool? They send me dates for installation. July 27th. Okay. I just got chills. Like, isn't that crazy? I'm kind of kidding, but like not really. I'd kind of given up on that dream because 
I would need to be like really rich. And that wasn't really what was happening. My backup, um, and again, I would need to be really rich for this too, hence why it's not happening. My backup was like, oh, look, let's just do August on Nantucket, you know? Which I'm like highly thinking about doing next summer. Like, listen, if there's any business on Nantucket that needs, you know, some sort of help and they offer housing and they need like social media help or like someone to post their stuff for the summer, I'm your girl. Like I will happily go live there for like a month and help you guys with something. Like I will offer you a trade, okay? I don't want to be employed. I just want somewhere to live and then I can help you. Like I'm not, I don't want to work full time, but like I'll consult for free, you know? Just putting that out there. So anyways, the pool is happening. That's huge. I don't know if you guys saw my peach drama from the farmer's market. So I go to this farmer's market really every Saturday. It's not open year round, but I've been going every single Saturday. I love it. I have my favorites. I have the places that I go and I love the peaches there. And I've always loved the peaches there. Okay. I am a huge fan of these peaches. And so is apparently the rest of the world. Okay. The farmer's market starts at eight and ends at noon. Okay. Eight to noon. Right. So tell me why the peaches are sold out by 8.05. There are people who are lining up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning and waiting an hour for peaches in the Texas sun. Yes, it's cooler at 7 a.m., but it's still hot. And even going to the farmer's market, I get there at nine being like, oh, it's fine because there wasn't this issue before. So the past couple of times that I've gone to get peaches, obviously it's been a very, very sad rude awakening for me. And at first, I went straight like battle mode. Like I was calling my friends and I'm like, we're lining up at 6 a.m. I'm bringing chairs. Like I was like really serious about this because I was just so annoyed that I can never have my peaches. And I made a TikTok about it. And thank you. I really want to say my TikTok followers these days, like they really get me at my hosting closet, which is another update that we need to go back to. My hosting closet has really attracted, I think, the kind of people and the community that we need. Like we have all the, you know, fellow breadwinning housewives. You know what I'm saying? Minus the like wives part, you know? I mean, maybe they are married. I don't know. Just got a lot of people who care about my farmer's market drama. I got a lot of people who care about my farmer's market trips, the hosting, the placemats. Like that's what I need in life. So anyways, got a lot of recommendations. They're like, you can just go to the peach truck. And I was like, what's what? Then I realized, you know, my parents have always had peaches delivered to their house. And I'm pretty sure that they've also used a peach truck. So then I just ordered online and I showed up on Sunday at 1 p.m. And they're ready to go. And they were fabulous. Okay. I hosted... A beautiful, stunning birthday party for my grandma this weekend. Highly recommend looking at all that content on TikTok. I also did a whole like YouTube video, like hosting like every single phase of it besides like the Pinterest board. And the peaches are really quite the hit. So I am glad that my peach journey and saga has come to an end and it's a happy ending. And it's one that we all can happily agree on. Let's be honest, you are the main character this summer. Whether you are feeling electric and bright lips and wedges or casually cool and relaxed shorts and stackable rings, own your style at Macy's. I love shopping at Macy's because they really have a bit of everything. It's just amazing. So for all of the inspo and must-haves you need right now, visit macy's.com slash ownyourstyle. And if you need a little help finding your style footing, or if you're a veteran that just needs a pointer, pair up with a Macy's personal stylist. The best thing is this is actually totally free. So you literally can get a free stylist, okay? They'll help you put your look together either in store or in the comfort of your own home, which we know is what I'm going to choose because if I don't have to leave my house, 
I mean, I'm literally never going to. So I don't know a time when you guys are ever going to have a uh, personal stylist for free, okay? I don't know if you've had a personal stylist before, but it really ups your game. And it also... Well, it's easier for you because it's less work, but it also kind of like pushes you outside your boundaries a little bit while like staying true to your style. Like maybe they're putting together looks that you actually would love, but you wouldn't think to put together yourself. You know what I mean? And again, it's literally free. So head on over to Macy's.com slash personal stylist to book your appointment today. That is Macy's.com slash personal stylist. It's actually fabulous. I've been getting so many like cute, summer things from Macy's. I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram stories a couple weeks ago, but I had this really cute like pink Jessica Simpson bikini. And I'm telling you guys, I have never gotten so many compliments on a like swimsuit in my life. I also got a really cool like cover up from them. And then my all-time favorite skirt that I've ever owned in my life, I got from Macy's a couple months ago. And I am just obsessed. So again, you guys can use a personal stylist totally free. Head on over to macy's.com slash personal stylist to book your appointment today. It's the best thing literally ever. Do you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin? Or do you have dreams of becoming an influencer? Well, the Life with Mariana podcast is here to help. I'm Mariana Hewitt, a Los Angeles-based influencer and co-founder of the Clean Skincare line, Summer Fridays. Each Tuesday, I'm talking to my friends from business owners, wellness experts, and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode. I'm on this like early morning wave these days. And as much as I hate to say it, it is helping my mental health tremendously. And I've always known this about myself. I'm just a happier, better human being when I wake up early. I'm not, you know, in the the moments that I wake up. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not waking up like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I don't wake up with a smile on my face, okay? But I wake up and I finally get out and I'm just like so happy. Like having the morning to myself and having like to be able to do so much stuff and like, getting it all done and working on myself and like, you know, all the annoying things that they tell you on like a self-help podcast. And that I also say, I hate to say that it's true because it's really been doing something for me. I have been waking up between like 520 to like 6 a.m. and it's summer. Like, I don't know what's going getting into me. Part of it is the fact that like I want to be outside and like it's not um, 100 degrees normally in the morning. But yeah, it's just been like a really nice time. I realized recently that I also can use music that gives me like Nancy Myers vibes in my vlogs, which is what I've always wanted. Like I've been over like the jazz stuff I've been using for years. But obviously like the music that I want to play in videos is either like country music or like a Nancy Myers playlist. But those are all copyright, so I can't use them. And then I realized like, oh, I can just do like Bossa Nova. That's all Nancy Myers. And now my videos have transformed into everything I've ever wanted. And they're like an Nancy Myers movie. So if you guys need a new YouTube channel to watch or anything, I would really recommend mine, okay? Because this Nancy Myers kick of content that I'm on, it's really just, it's what I've been working towards for the past decade. And I didn't even know it. You know what I mean? It's like a very full circle moment. It's very exciting. So anyways, I've been talking for a while before even getting to the, you know, the meat of today's episode is what people say. I am giving a book report, essentially. This is like a book club, book report. I'm the teacher. I'm, I just, I basically 
I read the most life-changing book ever and I have referenced it so many times and I'm so sorry you guys are getting annoyed with me, but I'm going to be going into depth on all the other things and I highly recommend reading it. It's called The Gap and the Gain. It is the best book ever and I've had the biggest life realizations. Like I'm going to put my laptop out because I read it twice. I highlighted it and then I took notes myself. I know I could have just exported my highlights to like my email for my Kindle, but I wanted to go through it again. So I really got as much out of it as possible because I realized that that is actually like this book has solved my actual biggest life problem. Basically, I've said this so many times and I feel like I have never been able to actually articulate what I was feeling. And this book put it into words in more than more ways than you could ever know. I almost forgot that saying, like, you know, whatever. You guys get it. Like, it really just told me what my problem was, you know? And that's nice because that's like less work on my end. Basically, little backstory before I, you know, whip out the laptop. I've said this so many times on the podcast. So again, I'm sorry. I'll go through it very quickly. And maybe you're a new listener. or Maybe you don't even listen to me when I have the podcast. Who knows, okay? Basically, I've always had this issue where background of an Enneagram three. I'm an overachiever. I always have been. I've been working since I was 16, like on like career stuff. Like I had a job before that, but like I've been doing social media since I was 16. I've always been like big, big goal, big vision, like have so many things I want to do in life. I'm so excited, very driven, very goal oriented, all the things, right? Like I love Ed Milet. Like I love that stuff, right? But that's also always given me a lot of anxiety because I will stress myself out about it and make myself feel like I have to live my life like a certain way with like a crazy 5 a.m. CEO routine, which, yes, I just said I wake up early, but it's in my own way. And you guys will get to this. Right. So I thought that my issue this whole time was that part of me wants to live that crazy, successful entrepreneur driven life. And then the other part of me wants to live this like really relaxed Nancy Myers life. And I thought that that was like my cross to bear and that that was actually the issue that I was facing. And I'm here to let you know that that was not the issue ever. The issue is actually the gap in the game. Okay. So basically, and again, I said this in an episode with Jenna, but well, I'm going so much further into it. It's not only this. Okay. So the concept of the gap in the game is that everyone lives life this way. So you have your starting point and then you have achieving and then the next you have ideal. So basically from start, you go to achieve and then from achieve, you're always trying to go to ideal. And most of us measure ourselves from achieve to ideal, which ideal was never meant to be like, it was never meant to be like a marking point. It was always just meant to be something that gives you like a goal or vision. It wasn't supposed to be something that you measure yourself against, right? What we need to be doing is measuring backwards always because that's the only way to actually track progress. So you would be measuring backwards from achieve to start. But so often, so many of us are, I mean, like myself, I'm just going to speak for myself. I'm always, I feel like measuring from achieve to ideal. So it doesn't matter how much I do. I'm always, which that's the gap, by the way, I'm always living in the gap of feeling like it's never enough or I'm never doing enough or I'm never working hard enough. Or it can also translate to like your personal life. Maybe you're like, my relationship wasn't good enough. My friendships aren't good enough. I'm not good enough. Like whatever it is, it translates, unfortunately, to pretty much every area of your life, which is so fun. So what I'm doing now is trying to live in the gain, which is between start and achieve. So you're measuring backwards. And this does sound a little bit elementary, but for my overachievers out there, like some of this sounds is a little bit elementary, I will say. Okay. 
But for my overachievers out there, it's just a good reminder. And it's something that you have to, or at least I have to be very aware of because now, and it sounds so cheesy. It really is a little bit, it is cheesy, honestly. I catch myself and I'm like, okay, I'm in the gap. Like when I'm thinking of things. And now that I know and I have the terms for that, I'm able to like get myself back in the game. And I will say that alone is, you know, 5% of this episode. We're going to get into like so many other things, but it has made me, my entire perspective on life has completely shifted. I know this sounds so dramatic, but it really has just changed everything. Even to the point of, I mean, like this is personal, but like, I mean, I don't care. I'm always an open book. Like I, well, one, I feel like I've been living from like gratitude recently, which is not, it's not a new concept to me, but like more than just being really grateful for everything, I'm more aware of my life had I not had these things. And I don't mean like material possessions. I mean like the career that I have or you guys or my family or whatever. So like, for example, with my family, I have a very, I love my family so much. I really do. Like I adore all of them. But we just have a very, we've had very unhealthy family dynamics in the past. We've had very traumatic things happen. It's just not been ever this like picture perfect family experience. And I mean like the darkest of darkest of things, like the worst of the things, the best of the things, you know, whatever. But I'm very grateful that somehow we're all still close, which is actually crazy. Like in any other family, I feel like you wouldn't be. And we're not just like close in a way of like it's unhealthy. Like we're the like guy parents that like made us go to therapy. I had, like, I don't know. They just we have for what we have gone through very healthy family dynamics for the most part. There's obviously still a lot of unhealthy things, but I'm just saying like big picture. I am very grateful for that. Whereas before I would have been like, that is literally the biggest, that is honestly where all the issues in my life really stem from. But now I've shifted it to think I'm so grateful that we even still have each other at this point, especially because we've gone through a lot of grief. So I'm like, you know, it's really like amazing. You definitely, obviously grief changes and you have a totally different perspective, but yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if that makes sense, but basically very bad things have happened. And I'm just grateful that we're all even speaking to each other, you know, like that's really good. And not just speaking to each other, but like very close, you know? If y'all don't have laser hair removal, you are seriously missing out, okay? No more waxing. I'm done with that. It's annoying. The upkeep is so annoying. I don't want to go in. I to mentally prepare myself for like a week. And then you just keep doing it like monthly for the rest of your life, okay? With laser hair removal, you can permanently reduce unwanted hair for good with laser hair removal, okay? It zaps the hair follicles right at the root so you can see and feel results right away. It saves time and money compared to a lifetime of shaving and waxing because you have like a certain amount of sessions till you're like pretty much good to go with laser. But with Waxing, it always grows back and you've always got to go back. Or with shaving, obviously, you always have to shave. So with waxing, you also, this is the other thing that sucks, you must grow your hair back out for each session, which is so annoying, especially in the summer. But with laser, you don't have to do that. So ditch the razor for the laser and never have to pack it again for trips. Deal with missed spots again. It is seriously one of the best decisions that I have made in my 20s. I am not kidding, okay? And Ideal Image is North America's number one aesthetics brand. Ideal Image's full suite of aesthetic services includes laser hair removal, body sculpting, Botox, fillers, skin rejuvenation, and medical-grade skincare, all backed by a lifetime guarantee membership. 
Ideal Image is celebrating 20 years of real results with throwback pricing. So get your free personalized plan. Contact us today. Go to idealimage.com slash I love you. That is www.idealimage.com slash I love you. I-L-O-V-E-Y-O-U. Seriously, never wax or shave ever again. It is the best thing I ever did. I cannot recommend it enough. Again, idealimage.com slash I love you. It is amazing. Okay, guys, it's time for me to pull up the laptop. And don't worry, I also brought my Kindle. But uh, I don't think I'm going to need the Kindle this time. My Kindle is just kind of like an emotional support Kindle. I just have it with me at literally all times. Speaking of, um, to my readers out there, I am giving Akatar a second chance. I'm reading the second book and I am liking it a lot more because I read Fourth Wing. Oh my God, like that book, the last page of that book, I think it was the last sentence, crazy. I went on a rant about this in the vlogs and I'm getting so many DMs of y'all who just finished it because I was like, please read this, finish this, DM me because I need people to talk to you about this. This is why I love you guys. And now all the DMs are rolling in and I'm really, I'm, I can't, if anyone can hook me up with an advanced reader's copy of the second book, I'm actually begging. I'll pay. Like I, I will, I'll pay lots and lots of money. Okay. So it's basically book report time. I am just going to go through my notes and just kind of voice some things that I learned. I used to do episodes like things that I've learned recently and those were fun. So maybe this is kind of similar to that. Just so everyone knows my Google Doc, it's very small font and it's six pages long. So I promise you guys, I won't bore you, I swear. Macy just texted me. If you got me a Kindle, that would be such a good investment in our friendship because I would have to read the books you tell me because I owe you for the Kindle. If this podcast episode, if the YouTube video gets 100 comments and my Instagram reel promoting it gets 200 comments, then I will get Macy a Kindle, okay? Anyways... So like I said, this is truly my biggest life realization yet. And it might sound obvious to some of you guys and good for you if so. But even if it sounds obvious, like ask yourself because I would have told you that that's a problem, but I've noticed it more in my life. Like I will achieve and achieve and achieve and make every single thing I've ever wanted a reality. Like every dream I've ever wanted a reality, but then it never is enough because at the end of the day, I continue to feel like unfulfilled because that's when I'm too focused on like the gap, right? Which makes a lot of sense when I've been saying recently, like I have had a lot of growth in regards when I used to like refer to it as hustle culture, which it is, but It makes sense because what I started focusing on was the things that I have and like the other things outside of work that are fulfilling to me and that I actually care about and that actually make me happy. And I was kind of switching to like doing the gap and the gain without realizing it. But now that I have the terminology, things are different. Okay, it's game over for everyone. So like I said, measuring backwards, there was something in here that says only 14 percent of American adults say they're happy. And obviously this country was built off of like life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And that's how they start off the book. I really highly recommend getting the book, by the way. I'm only giving you like my favorite parts. It is truly a life changing book. Okay. But I hope they're like not mad that I'm telling everything that I like learned in their book. But I think this will help sales. Okay. And also in all seriousness, you guys all should read it. And we should really do like a book club again or something. My dream was like a book club podcast or maybe one day. I'm like armchair expert and I have like book club on Mondays, interview on Wednesdays, solo on Friday. You know what I mean? Anyways, he just talks about how the pursuit of happiness 
is basically you're always living in the gap because it's something that you're always trying to get to when like you really need to be starting from happiness and then expanding out. He says, happiness is your starting point and you've just expanded the center by achieving your goal. And the more things you do, the more you're able to like expand it. They say, when your happiness is tied to something in the future, your present is diminished. You don't feel happy, confident, or successful, but maybe in the future you will be or so logic goes. When we chase happiness externally, it's because we don't have it within. And when we are disconnected internally, then you're trying to find a gap. I have another quote for you. I'm like coming in hot, okay? Your future growth and progress are now based in your understanding about the difference between the two ways in which you can measure yourself against an ideal which puts you in what we call the gap and then against your starting point, which puts you in the gain, appreciating all that you have accomplished. So high achievers in particular, which I feel like a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably, even though it isn't like, I don't know, the podcast is like all over the place to talk about everything, but I feel like a lot of podcast listeners in general are, they are particularly prone to living in the gap and being very unhappy and very unfulfilled. They give a bunch of stats in the book about how like, CEOs of like Fortune 500 companies, like the links between like anxiety and depression and even like suicide, like it's way higher when you are, or at least the book says, like the statistics said, when you are a high achiever, because a lot of people are living in the gap. And then when you're living in the gap, you see everything through that lens. So that's what I mean about how it really creeps up on you and it shows up in like every aspect of your life. Think about your friends that are positive and like even the ones that are like annoyingly positive. And every single thing, it just somehow is good. You know, we should all be jealous of them and we should all actually be following in their footsteps. You don't really want to be around a negative Nancy anyways, but when you start doing it, it's like you're building a muscle, you're exercising a muscle of even when something bad happens or something that isn't ideal happens, you're able to then shift your perspective on, you know, what good will come from the experience or what you'll learn or how this could be a blessing in disguise. And it's just like constantly like, you're building that muscle so it'll just become like second nature to you. Basically, when you're in the gap, you see everything through that lens. Nothing's ever enough. Nothing will be enough. And you can't see the gain in yourself or others. So then you also end up being a lot harder on other people around you, which is interesting. So stop measuring yourself against your ideal. Measure the actual progress that you've made. You'll never be happy against an ideal because if you focus on what you lack, you lose what you have. If you focus on what you have, you gain what you lack. I love that. That's so sweet. Okay, so kind of what I was talking about earlier about how I would get, I would do everything that I'd wanted to do. And I still, I don't want to say that it never felt enough because I was always grateful and I was always like, that's so cool. But then I would get to that point and be like, well, there's so much more that I need to do. So it wasn't that like what I was doing, I wasn't grateful for, even though I wasn't as grateful for it as I should. Like, no, actually, no, I was always grateful for it. But basically, let me give you this definition and it'll make sense, okay? Hedonic, I don't even know if that's the right, how do you pronounce it? Adaptation, so hedonic adaptation is so powerful that no matter how big the change is, you marry your dream partner, you triple your income, you achieve every goal, the thrill wears off and it quickly feels normal and you feel unfulfilled. So you've moved forward and the horizon moved with you. It's like a treadmill, like you're walking in the same place, right? And then it says, ideals are meant to provide direction, motivation, and meaning to our lives. They are not a measuring stick. So with that adaptation, when everyone says like, okay, you can't find happiness externally because like this is a very known thing. 
it doesn't matter. Like no amount of money is going to make you happy because then you're just going to want more money. No amount of like even in social media area, right? Like no amount of uh, followers are going to make you happy because then once you hit a million, you want five, you know, like there's, it's a never ending, like almost cycle of greed. But then I think when you're an overachiever, it's like, no, I just want to do the most and I want to like get the most out of this life. And then because you're constantly measuring to your ideal, you like subconsciously never feel good, like good enough, like you're doing enough. So Dan Jensen says, you and you alone are the person who should be the measure of your own success. I do not try to be better than anyone else. I only try to be better than myself. This story I loved because it's so interesting. So Jensen or Jansen, I don't know. He's a skier, okay? He won a gold medal at the Olympics when he was supposed to essentially lose his last chance. I guess in his first race, he did very poorly. And so at that point, like there was no chance he was going to win the gold, right? And then something happened. He basically, I think, because he knew he wasn't going to win and it was his last race ever, he was just going to race for all the time he had spent. And like, I think all the pressure was also off of him, but it's because his mindset shifted and he was just like, I'm so grateful for what this sport has given me and my family and my like, you know, this has been my whole life. And just like out of gratitude, he decided to like race from that point, which would be from the gain. And prior to that, he was doing the gap. And he ended up winning. Like somehow he made a comeback and he won the gold. And it was a very crazy experience. It says, when you're in the gap, you have an unhealthy attachment to something external and you feel you need something outside of yourself in order to be whole and happy. When you're driven by need rather than by want, you have an urgency and a desperation to fulfill that need. The problem is that needs are unresolved internal pain and not something you can solve externally. So with this logic... The skier was happy and successful before even winning the gold. And if he had not won, he still would have been happy and successful because he was grateful for his time and like marked it as a win prior. Right. So uh, losing that race wouldn't have made him a failure. And then he ended up winning, which I think it's just because you're in a healthier mindset. Like your work is just going to be better in general. So happiness is a byproduct because you literally are like my friends right now in my living room because this is what I do when I like read something or see something that's crazy. I will call them and like give them a whole like presentation on it. So that's like what I'm doing with you guys right now. So happiness is a byproduct of realizing that you are the destination. You are enough and you have enough. You're worthy of love. Your viewpoints and judgments of your own experiences are infinitely more important than anyone else's judgments of you and of your experiences. There were just some questions that I wrote down. It's like, what do you feel you need in order to be happy? Um, and I would have said success before. I mean, still success, but I've re- we'll get to that. I've redefined what success is, which is another thing of how I think I was kind of doing this book before because in the past couple of years, I've been working on like redefining success for me. And it's not necessarily what like society tells you that it is. Another one is who or what do you measure yourself against? And I measure myself against where I think I should be. I guess it is other people, but it's it's less of other people. It's more of me like projecting other people onto like my future self or like where I think I need to be. It's kind I don't know how to describe it. It really is against my future self. I love this story. This is so interesting. And I think that this out of anything was the most helpful to me. There is a common perception that in order to be the best at what you do, you've got to be completely obsessed with it. You have to need your passion with every fiber of your being. Like every waking moment has to be about this, right? You almost have to like prove your insane, unhealthy work habits as your like love for said thing, right? 
essentially, you've got to be unhealthy about whatever it is that you want to be great at. So they tell this story about Trevor Lawrence, and he was the number one NFL draft pick and said he didn't need football to feel worthy as a person and that there is more to life than football. And that did not go over well with the football community. They were like, this guy doesn't even care. He's not that great. How great can you be if you feel this way about football? Like You have to basically every single waking moment of your life, every fiber, every atom of your being has to be about this thing. Right. And it didn't go over well. So he basically said that you can have both, both being an intense commitment to succeed and you can have a healthy detachment from whatever you're doing. I like the idea of having both because I will find myself like when I'm working or let's say working on a brand or a new brand or, you know, anything in my life, I feel like I have to have a very unhealthy work like routine almost where I have to give every single ounce of my being. I shouldn't even see my friends. I shouldn't be doing anything. I need to be working and hustling from like 5 a.m. to, you know, midnight, sleeping two hours a night, whatever it is, to where I have basically an identity that is solely wrapped in that thing. But I feel like if I'm not doing that, then I'm not going to succeed and it's not enough. And so having like this story helps me a ton. And I'm going to literally think about it for the rest of my life. I'm not kidding because naturally I think the first way and I think we just maybe have also been conditioned for that. It might be my personality. It might be society. It's probably a combination of both. But I love that. So both, again, is intense commitment to succeed while also having a healthy detachment from whatever you are doing, which I love. Something that I thought was interesting is research shows obsessive passion. It stops you from being mindful. It stops you from being in your flow state. So to be in your flow state, which like I feel like people have also said it is like when you're doing something, it feels like the wind of heaven is at your back. Like you're just in your zone. Like for me, when I'm like doing, you know, interviews or certain like podcast episodes when I'm like really on one, it just like is flowing so naturally. Like that's what feels like my flow state or when I'm working on something and I just it just feels so natural and so right and I'm good at it. In order to be in your flow state, you actually also have to be mindful. So again, research shows obsessive passion stops you from being mindful. It stops you from being in a flow state or the state of being fully immersed in whatever it is that you are doing. Instead, with obsessive passion, you are disconnected from yourself and those around you. So Trevor wasn't trying to fill a gap by being successful as he stated, he's already worthy and happy even without football. He lives in the game. Therefore, everything else is a plus. And then everything else is benefited by him being in that place because he's in a healthier place. Harmonious passion is intrinsically motivated and healthy. When you are harmoniously passionate, you control your passion rather than having it control you. You are intuitive and thoughtful about whatever it is that you're doing. You're not reactive and irrational. You're purposeful and goal-driven, not need-driven. You know a passion is harmonious if it enhances the other key aspects of your life and if it makes you better as a person. Love that, okay? Another thing is you can want something and be 100% committed to that thing without needing it. This is very counterintuitive. By no longer needing it, you're actually more inclined to be able to get it. You're more enabled to get it. You can freely perform and be in the flow rather than obsessing over how it will turn out. This also reminds me of a concept I've talked about on the podcast so many times. And it's just like a life lesson I learned in college that has always stuck with me. But it's holding things with an open hand. If you think about it, when you have something with an open hand, it's living, it's breathing, it has air, it's good, right? But when you have something in your 
close, you have it with a closed hand and you're squeezing it, you're suffocating it, you're killing it, it's dying, it's not able to grow. And that's how we should like view pretty much everything in life is holding everything with an open hand because obviously anything can be taken from us at any moment, but also you're not holding on too tightly. And when you hold on too tightly, even to like a relationship or a friendship or an idea of what you want your future to be, or I think a lot of us struggle with like a timeline of how we expected our life to turn out. When you're holding it with a closed hand, you're suffocating it and you're killing it. So you have to hold everything with an open hand, which that kind of reminded me of it. So if you are obsessively passionate, you're also thinking short term and you're always wanting to think long term. You're trying to force things to go your way, but you don't want truly whatever it is you're seeking. You just think you need it because you're unresolved internally. Whether you get what you want or not, sooner or later, you shift into that unhealthy need onto something else. The hedonic treadmill will continue. Intrinsic motivation is also related to having high levels of grit, whereas extrinsic motivation is not, which is interesting. So when it's internal motivation, makes sense. You have high levels of grit. But when it's based on something else, you don't have that. And then it goes on to be like most of us are mentally here while also wanting to be there, which also is like hands in hand with mindfulness. And I definitely struggle with that. I'm always thinking it's important to like think and plan, like have goals and things that you're moving towards. But you also need to be here and enjoy here. Right. So playing the long game allows us to embrace being here. Yes, you have goals and vision, but you're completely happy with where you're at. You are here and love being here. You love what your life is like. You're blown away by your gains. You appreciate everything and everyone around you. And you're genuinely happy. So being this is what I've always struggled with, though, because I'm like, well, does that mean if I'm here then I don't have like aspirations and I'm not working hard enough? Again, this is like going back into like the gain. But you know who you're you are whole and complete without those goals. You're free to have whatever you want. And because of that, it's actually much easier to get what you want. You are already there because you're completely at peace with wanting to be here. So it's also having like faith or trust in the universe or whatever that like you will end up where you're meant to be or you'll end up where you want to be. So the gain creates freedom. The gap makes you a slave to your unhealthy need, which has literally been me for honestly since birth. So this is good. So just think about like what is your long game? And I don't think we have to have this like crazy long game. I'm not even like a five year plan person, but I more so know like what I want my life to feel like and the things that matter to me and how I like am defining success myself, which I guess we can just get into right now. And Sweeney says, define success on your own terms, achieve it by your own rules and build a life that you are proud to live. The Stanford Encyclopedia, like that's weird that you can look at whatever. To be free, you must be self-determined, which is to say that you must be able to control your own destiny in your interest. There's a whole part in the book that talks about like freedom from to freedom to. But I want to talk about more of like defining success on your own terms. So this has been something that I have been reframing in my mind for a long time. And they had us do an exercise. Guys, we're getting the journal, okay? I wrote down just a couple things, but this is just a few ways that I like view success. And I would say the number one thing in my life for this would be I ultimately control like my own calendar and there's also space for free time. I've heard a quote that I'm going to totally butcher and I don't remember and I heard on this kind of confidential and it was someone saying the true mark of success is an open calendar, something along those lines. But being able to control my own calendar 
matters to me because I want to be able to show up for people around me. Like, I don't want to miss like my niece's soccer game or like something. I don't want to miss my niece's birthday. I don't want to miss my best friend's birthdays. I want to be able to show up for every like important life event for friends because I'm able to be in charge of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a huge thing for me. Just personally, these are like, obviously. Okay, so I have a house that feels like a home that I can explore like my hobbies with, but also is very welcoming. And that's where I didn't like write this or articulate this well, but I know what it means in my head. Like I was always a house growing up that like my friends always came to. Like you you either are the friend that you always go to their house or you're the friend that everyone always comes to your house. Like I always want to be that. Like I want to have a very welcoming environment that's very cozy and makes me feel good. I'm incredibly affected by my environment. So the actual home itself, it's not that it needs to be this like crazy nice home. It just needs to be a space where I feel good, especially because I work from home and I do a lot of like creative stuff. So I need it to feel like something that like inspires me and feels good. And I obviously like I want basically this house is really it. But I'm able to like explore things like cooking and hosting and gardening and things like that. Okay, another thing like money isn't a worry for me. I want a certain amount in savings and investment and whatever. And this isn't necessarily marked to like success. This is just like on the exercise. These are two different exercises, but I feel like they go hand in hand. I want that because I want to be able to be generous easily. And also I don't want anything. This is a common theme in my life. I don't want anything to be able to hold me back. So when I talked about my calendar earlier, like being able to control that, I also don't want money to be a factor in holding myself back, whether it's helping someone or getting someone a gift. That's like my biggest love language or starting a new business or doing something. I don't want money to be a factor in um, like holding myself back or like someone needs to go to school, like stuff like that. Like I just want to be really generous. I'm able to like bring people along with me. Uh, my career is fulfilling. I go into like all these other things. I genuinely love what I do. And then I, there's more, but basically just like marking what success means for you. And that is helpful. And I've realized some of that in the recent years. So when I said like, I felt like I was getting better, I was getting better because I was really paying attention to what success meant to me. Like success to me isn't necessarily, it's not necessarily like 2 million followers or like subscribers or X amount of views or X amount of downloads. It's more so the connection that I have with people and like the world that we're kind of creating, if that makes sense. But also having really, there's so many things that have like really nothing to do with like my actual work. So they have you make a success list and it's, I'm being successful when, and then just write down, they wrote down 10. I'm probably going to write down more. I need to really, I did that just during my morning pages the other day. So I haven't really been able to sit down and like think about it more. So I want to do that definitely. And then it also says like training yourself to see gains. So when I was talking about how like the friend who's like really positive and kind of annoying, it's a really important thing to do because the more you see gains, the more you're going to see, right? Like you are always going to find what you're looking for wherever you go. So if you move into move to a new city and like I hear this like all the time about different cities. Anytime you post on TikTok, like I like this place. Everyone's like, shut up, you fucking bitch. Like we hate it. It's so ugly. Like whatever. You get what I'm saying? Or when you post a new location, that's like a really cool restaurant or a cool bar or like a fun night out in Dallas. And they're like, what Dallas are you living in? And I'm like, literally the same Dallas as you. And this goes for any city. Like it's your perception that's giving you this feeling. Like you have decided that this city or this situation that you're in is going to be this way. Therefore, that's the lens that you're always going to see things. So if you move to a city and you are saying, oh, it's so hard to make friends here. And there's no one my age or there's no whatever. Like, obviously, it's going to be hard for you to make friends or it's going to be hard for you to find people your age because you're looking at it from that lens. You see what I'm saying? And that would be living in the gap mindset. Okay. 
Seeing gains gives you hope, confidence, and motivation to keep going, even when the progress is difficult or slower than desired. It's also similar to my favorite quote by Emma Lett, that is confidence is built by making promises to yourself and keeping them. So over time, again, it's always like a muscle that you're building. You're able to build self-confidence because you're able to trust yourself and confidence is trust. So there was another thing too that I thought was interesting. I... When I did a lot of like my growing after my quarter life crisis, I found myself being like humiliated by my past self. And I was like, I don't think this is normal. Like, I think we're all embarrassed of who we were at one point. And not that we were bad. Like, you just kind of cringe, you know? It's not that I'm like embarrassed of who I was as a person. It's more so like I'm just cringing at myself, you know? And I didn't like that feeling because that's still like me. Like, maybe it's not me in this moment, but that's a version of me. And I don't want myself to hate myself, you know? And I really like weirdly struggled with that for a while. It was really bothering me. And he wrote about gap thinking and he's like, you know, if you're embarrassed of your former self, there is no reason to have any negative emotions or energy towards your past. The gain enables you to see every experience you've had as a positive. So love your former self, have empathy, compassion, and respect for them. They were in a different context than you are now and they have a different perspective and they didn't have like the life experience that you have to like current day. Which I just thought was interesting because I know I've touched on that before. He also has like a bunch of journal prompts and stuff that are really helpful. But one of them that I thought was interesting is just something we've talked about this podcast so many times. I'm changing your mind. It's like, what did I believe three months ago that I no longer believe today? And then he has these exercises like every 90 days that I think I'm going to start doing. So the goal of the gain is to specifically and genuinely measure your own tangible progress and to help others better measure their own progress as well. Your identity is how you see yourself and it drives your behavior, but your behavior also influences your identity. So if you get up early and go to the gym, you'll judge yourself as someone who gets up early and goes to the gym. Hence, behaviors are self-signaling. Guys, there's so many other things. I could do like four episodes on this book. I skipped like three pages of my notes because this episode is just going to be too long. And I feel like those were really like the major themes that have helped me. But alas, another end to my journey. We're ending the peach journey And we're also ending my, I never knew what to call my issue with hustle culture. It was the fact that I was often living in the gap. And so I was confused thinking that I was just following hustle culture when really, no, I can have both. When they talk about that NFL player who was like, no, like you can have a really strong desire to succeed, but also like be worthy enough as a person yourself and like be happy and not be like solely reliant and dependent on achieving your goals. You know what I'm saying? So I hope that that was helpful to some of you guys. I would highly recommend the book. I only gave you spark notes for like three chapters. Like it really was so life-changing. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed my book report. It felt like you guys were just like in my house with me and I was, you know, giving my notes. This is what I do to my friends. So maybe you guys would not want to be friends with me in real life. But honestly, I think it's very helpful. So anyways, I love you guys so much. I hope you guys enjoyed and I will talk to you next Thursday. Bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.